0: hey what's up you guys welcome to the contractor marketing show i'm your host matt tebow and today we have a very special episode it's the first episode actually and the title of this episode is how to create world-class advertising for contractors and today i have a very special guest i have our very own ad manager extraordinaire matt favreau if you guys don't know who matt favreau is Um, He actually works at our business, Savant Marketing Agency, and he is our ad manager extraordinaire. He's managing all of our ad campaigns. He's done million-dollar campaigns for our clients, Facebook ads, Google ads. I'm excited to have him on the show today. Welcome, Matt. Hey, Matt. Happy to be here. (laughs) Great to have you, man. It was actually funny. Like, we're sitting down. We're like, all right, how are we going to do this podcast? You know, it's the first episode. We really want to bring you guys a lot of value. And I thought, you know, it would be really cool if we just kind of sit down and talk shop about a lot of the things that are going on right now in advertising, um, specifically with, like, Facebook ads, Google ads. You know, a lot of contractors are asking us all the time, you know, how can I get this to work? How can I get that to work? And so I kind of want to just jump right into things here and just talk a little bit about like what is world-class advertising I we'll jump right into things because i think a lot of contractors in the past unfortunately maybe have you know been burned with advertising um, maybe they tried a little bit of it themselves um, you know and i think a lot of people are kind of wondering like what actually should i expect from advertising and what does that mean so I'll go into a little bit of what world-class advertising means to me first. And so if you aren't aware of what we do, um, so I own Savant Marketing Agency. We help contractors um, grow their business with digital marketing. And to me, world-class advertising basically means... Um, You know, actually being able to create a system into your business that's going to bring in new leads, that's going to consistently bring in that new business for you, right? And so it's like, you know, we have a lot of campaigns where it's like world-class advertising. An example of it would be, you know, I most recently posted an example, one of our clients, uh, Zachary Provost from Provost & Son Roofing, and he tripled his business in a year working with us, right? And he's getting leads every day, bought a new truck. So to me, I would say that world-class advertising is being able to build a system in your business that's going to give you that consistent lead flow and that predictability that you can actually count on, right? Um, So I'm curious, Matt, like to you, you're more in the trenches, Facebook ads, Google ads. What would you say that world-class advertising would be for you?
1: Yeah, so a lot of the guys we talk to, they think that maybe putting up a couple of ads on Facebook, doing some organic posts is going to get them the business that they want. And it could definitely help, but there's a lot more that goes into it. There's very specific things like copy, offers, um, good pictures, and a lot of that that kinda speaks to the fact of getting the good leads, the consistent lead flow that we want to get for our
0: clients. Yeah, 100%. And what I thought would be really cool is kind of like, you know, to drill into Matt and for me to share a little bit of like, what, you know, if you could ask me, like, what are the top things when it comes to advertising that I could do for my contracting business to be able to get myself out there and get more leads? Like, what would the top things be? And so I thought I would just dive right into those things. And so the first thing that I would say, which Matt touched on, would be the, the first thing is getting the offer right, really getting the offer right. And you know, if you've ever um, listened to some of my things like that I put out there in our Facebook group or some of the content or our book, Digital Marketing Secrets for Contractors, you're definitely going to know that I talk a lot about this at length. You know, a lot of contractors, unfortunately, when they think about, okay, like I want to put out a promotion out there, I want to do some advertising, they think immediately like 15% off, 10% off, I need to do some kind of discount type offer, right? And you know, a lot of the time you're going to end up attracting what I call a price shopper, people who are just looking for a deal, right? And so instead, what I like to do is do a value-based offer that's going to grab someone's attention, but then bring in the right type of clientele. And I talk about this all the time. And And so I wanted to kind of bounce off to you, Matt. Like, What are some of the offers that you've seen for our, our contracting clients that have worked really, really well? And then what are your thoughts about some other types of offers?
1: Yeah, so generally we kind of go with the extended warranty offer. Uh, that's kind of our bread and butter. It works for most of the contractors that we work with. Um, an important thing is kind of making sure that the offer makes sense to the service and the uh, product our customer is delivering. So for example, with some of our painting clients, um, we have longer term extended warranties for exterior services, but maybe for our clients that focus more on interiors, um, those don't make as much sense. So they're not as appealing because the interiors don't, isn't exposed to the elements as much. Um, and people maybe don't need as much certainty with the warranties there so we do things like free color consultations that seem to work well for painting clients
0: yeah 100% too and it's like You know, something as well that um, Matt does with a lot of our clients and that a lot of things that I teach too is the importance of niching, right? It's like so many guys, and you've seen this before with some of our clients, it's like a lot of guys will try and put out ads where it's like, hey, like we do basements, we do bathrooms, we do kitchens, we do flooring, we do roofing, we do painting, we do. And it's like when you're trying to be everything to everyone, you basically end up just being nothing to no one, right? And so- what's some of your experience maybe been with niching just because what i personally find is that every time that we'll take a contractor let's say for example we've got a gc a general contractor and the first thing that i usually ask is i'm going to be like okay, hey, what are you doing most of right now in your business that's really driving the profit right and that's what i call the primary profit maker and so once they say that let maybe let's say they say okay like during the summer seasons it's Dex. It's like, cool, man, let's just build out a decking campaign so we can just drive those leads to you, right? And so what I personally find is that it's just going to be a lot more effective in actually being able to, A, drive the profit that's necessary to get you the results that you're looking for 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 ads. But then also, it's just going to make your business simpler as well, right? And so you've probably seen with some of our clients where they're trying to jump into these different niches. Like, what's kind of your experience with that as well? Well, picking the
1: primary profit maker makes the most sense for a lot of reasons. Uh, One, they usually have a lot of pictures, which work well for our advertising. Uh, Focusing on one service gives us the ability to adapt, uh, try different angles for the service. Because if we're jumping all over Mm -hmm. the place, uh, not only do the customers that they're going after kind of get confused with what they're offering. Even for us, it's like, how do we hone in on what makes sense for the market, for our client? Uh, So, yeah, like like you said, I'm all for the primary profit maker makes the most sense
0: yeah and then when you're jumping around with the niche it's like cool now we have to create this whole new like offer and blah blah blah. oh you have pictures man yeah. it's like
1: yeah a lot of work goes into it for sure yeah. and it's like it just makes the most sense it's the easiest and it gets the best results generally so
0: yeah um switching gears a little bit so it's like you know offer being like hey special offer extended warranty we talked about color consultation like these value add type offers instead of discounting Something that I've personally experienced is where also it's like we want the actual business itself to have a good offer in terms of like the value being traded, right? It's like, you know, it's uh, not to be harsh, but it's like sometimes it's hard to like polish a turd, right? Like if the actual service itself or like the end result of it is not so great, it's pretty hard for us to market that and get the results to that a client really wants, right? Because like... Marketing is basically just adding gasoline to the fire, right? Right, And so it's like if the actual business itself doesn't put in the care and the effort and like, hey, we really want to go above and beyond for our clients, then it's harder for us to create momentum around that, right? If we get you leads and then you close that and then they have a great experience, they're going to refer you to all these different people, right? And so it's like that is a really important aspect of world-class advertising is just having a good product, right? For sure. Yeah, and
1: if they don't deliver a quality product too, it could be risky. Like if they're giving out these warranty offers and they're not, like you said, putting the care into their work, and then they deliver a subpar product, and then mm-hmm. they run into all these you know requests for come back, fix this little thing,
0: detracts from their main profit driving service. Yeah, and that's why like so many contractors will always be like, oh, like we have the best quality, we do all this stuff. And it's like, okay, let's introduce measurable quality because that's a subjective thing to say, oh, our quality is the best, right? So let's put your money where your mouth is and let's implement something that can be measurable, right? And so it's like, then once we kind of go into there, people are like, oh, like maybe we'll do like a one year, blah, blah, blah. It's like, wait, I thought you said, that like you know you you stand behind your work and stuff and so it's like if that's really the case then doing like a five-year warranty or something like that like you shouldn't be getting callbacks
1: no and, and yeah. some of the things too, that we focus on um during onboarding of clients is uh some of like the credentials that they have in terms mm-hmm. of their service so um like bbb is the one the big ones know people know but like sp- service specific things like Schluter Schlu- system for yeah. The Showers. Yeah, yeah for tiling it's like if they're members of that or if they operate with that uh in mind we know that their product is gonna be a higher
0: quality than the average tiling contractor. 100%, 100%. And so, you know, now that you've, okay, it's like we've talked about like the whole offer thing. So that was kind of the first thing that I want to talk about that I think would be, you know, if you're looking to create world-class advertising, first, nailing down the offer. You've got a great offer, you've got the niche, you know, you're actually doing like what you're promising for people. So you got that sorted out. Here's kind of where I'm excited to hear you weigh in because you're a lot more in the trenches in terms of like the ad stuff. And so the next thing that is very important once you have the offer dialed in is going to be the traffic, right? You can have the best offer every like anytime but basically you need to have enough eyeballs looking at what it is that you're offering that's what traffic is for people who don't know it's like you want people coming in through your door right people who are looking at your ads looking at your offer they're seeing you around you got the exposure when contractors come to us and say i'm just looking for more exposure right now i want to get my name out there that's traffic that's what that is and so In our business, and I would say for most contractors, Facebook ads and Google ads and your Google My Business listing are probably going to be the primary things you're going to use to advertise your business online. And so I've got a little my little notepad here. Um, I think it would be good first off, Matt, if you kind of just share some of your thoughts of like Facebook ads. Let's talk about that first, because I think a lot of contractors maybe have experience like boosting an ad here and there, doing a little bit of that. Maybe you hired an agency at some point and you did do some like real Facebook ads. Um, I think a majority of contractors probably just posting in Facebook groups, posting on their, you know, they're not really sure of like what I should do. And so let's give a brief breakdown of Facebook ads. I would love to hear that from you. And then we can talk a little bit about like the nitty gritty of it.
1: Yeah, for sure. So all that organic stuff that you mentioned is pretty important, like posting on their pri- uh, their public page, posting in groups, that kind of stuff. Um, they get some metrics that they can look at in terms of engagement for posts, which is great to know. And then, yeah, maybe they go and they boost the posts, um, which obviously helps grow their business. Uh, but looking at ads specifically, there is some pretty important things for Facebook ads. Um, in terms of Facebook versus Google, Facebook's obviously going to be a broader, colder market that will increase your brand notoriety because more people are going to see you you're going to be in people's faces um and what we do is specifically we look at a city we look at an offer we market to the city the demographic that makes the most sense for the offer which is generally pretty broad because facebook has changed a lot over time Mm -hmm. with how specific you can get with ads um but yeah so that's how we we utilize facebook
0: yeah and like what i tell you know contractors all the time is like okay facebook ads are going to be um, a lot more leads coming through you're going to have a high flow of leads but the quality of the leads isn't going to be as great as something like google we'll get into google in just a sec but it's like think of facebook like you're taking an ad and you're putting it in front of your ideal prospect and you're saying hey do you want this like do you want this thing and you're showing it again and again and again and again so it might take like you know five times for that person to see that seven times whatever it's definitely going to be more of like a repeat type thing but what's cool with like what matt is doing is where we can show images of like different images and then you're maybe testing like 10 different images and you see sometimes yeah 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 like Talk a little bit about that. The split testing is what you call it. Yeah, honestly, you can get very specific with testing.
1: Some of our clients, I've tested up to 200 ad variations. Um, Not always 200 ads per se, but maybe up to like 30, 40 ads. And then we can get granular with city-specific targeting if they're a bigger client operating in multiple cities. Um, Just testing different things because we want to see what makes the most sense for our clients' ad spend. And if we're just kind of going broad all the time, we might get good results, but if we can capitalize on a more specific subset of the market and do it more efficiently uh, that's always great so yeah i'm I'm always testing ads it kind of circles back to the point of earlier like having quality work taking good pictures the more pictures you give us of your work that i could test different ad angles so before and afters great after shots with different text overlays Mm -hmm. different offers Uh, the more we test the better the results and like matt said maybe the lead quality is a little bit colder there's more sifting but there's going to be the frequency of leads and for sure, you're going to get your brand out there.
0: Yeah. So what would be, like, some of the main things, like, you're running an ad now, and you're looking, okay, I want to test. Like, what's the first kind of thing that you're – for a contractor listening to this, and he's like, okay, like, I want to try doing some tests, what would be the first things that that would test?
1: So in an ideal world, I like to test before and afters primarily. Um, I think it showcases
0: – Before and after pictures of the work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Before
1: and after pictures of the work. Um, it showcases basically exactly what a customer can expect. We try to highlight the best of their work, give the best idea of, like, this is the outcome we want. And on top of that, even, like, if you want a specific type of job. So if you want $50,000 decks, you right. don't want to be showing yeah. $3,000 little deck repairs because that's not the client you want, or the customer you want to attract. Yeah, still might generate leads. It's just not what our client wants. So we try to even go the step beyond that and be like, okay, give us the pictures that make the most sense for the jobs you want to attract. Um, so I'm testing, yeah, different before and afters. Yeah. That's generally what works the best. We found. Yeah. Um, we've moved on to testing like different text overlays. So we, you know, make different copy for the service that they're offering, uh, different angles for the um, offer that they're marketing. Yeah. Uh, just uh, testing different copy, different pictures.
0: Yeah. So what would be like some of the? We're still on Facebook ads here. Like, what would be some of the main mistakes that you would see? Like when you see a Facebook ad done wrong compared to like done right. Like, what are you usually seeing?
1: Uh, Facebook is a little harder to mess up versus Google. Um, Facebook, I think the main thing would be uh, targeting, like, the wrong service area. Mm. Um, Maybe being too uh, broad in your age targeting because, you know, people that are, like, 18 to 25, while their eyes might be on Facebook, they might not have the money for the Mm. services. So it's, like, it's kind of a wasted, uh, you know, small ad spend if you're targeting those people. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, obviously, like, mistakes with uh, copy mistakes with an automated messaging tool that we Mm -hmm. implement for our clients. If there's, you know, putting in the wrong phone number, which we're very diligent, that doesn't really happen, but it, it can happen. These are the kinds of things that might happen on Facebook that would hurt your results.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm just thinking, you know. I remember you were telling me a a little bit ago. You were like talking about the targeting on Facebook, and you were like, "This is completely different now. Like, this has changed a hundred percent." And so it's like a lot of people who don't really know maybe what they're doing could like fall into some of these, I don't know, traps, quote unquote, that like Facebook will leave for you, where they're basically trying to get you to waste your money, right? Unfortunately, with the targeting specifically we operated with like city
1: specific targeting, only people living in the city. Yeah, Facebook's taken that away now. It's people that have uh, live in the city or have recently been in the city. So it's obviously just a little bit less quality now. Yeah. Than, and it's unavoidable. It's just a Facebook change they, they've made. Um, and if you're operating in like big cities, like, you know, major capital cities or whatever, where there's people in and out all the time, more people are going to be seeing your ads that are not necessarily living in the city. Um, right. So it just comes down to like maybe making your ads more obviously city specific. So stay in the city directly on the ad. So people across the country that were just in the city yeah. don't reach out because it's it's a waste of time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like um, marketers will ask me all the time. They'll say like how are you running your Facebook ads? Like how are you doing that? Are you doing this specific type of targeting? Are you doing all this stuff? But what Matt just said there, it's like most of this is gonna rely into the message, which is what the copy is, right? And so it's like in your ad, if you're saying like, hey, like People in Chicago or whatever, like you want to be able to call out in your copy exactly what it is that you do, who it is that you're selling to or offering to them to, where, right? So it's like that's why we're always putting the city name in the actual ad. So then it's like you're calling out to that person, right? Yeah, Facebook's like so
1: broad and affordable that it doesn't really matter if people see the ad. It's more so it comes down to like our clients having to sift through the messages and responses where it's like this is a time sink maybe mm. they did a phone call and they did a request for a quote and they wasted 30 minutes because the person was three hours outside of the service area where it's like that obviously sucks we want to reduce that as much as possible
0: yeah 100 percent. and you were mentioning how like you can exclude those areas right and you're putting those into exclusion so then it's like you're doing your best to at least yeah. like within
1: facebook's you know ever-changing guidelines and uh, yeah our yeah. Client, our clients know it, it's just something that it happens and we work our best to mitigate it
0: yeah hundred percent so let's switch gears a little bit so that's Facebook right it's like we've talked about that let's switch gears into Google ads um, what are your thoughts on Google ads for getting high quality traffic to your offer? yeah Google ads is definitely
1: great for exactly that the high quality traffic the easiest close for our clients obviously more expensive uh, generally in terms of like cost per lead. But if you're closing them at a 50% frequency or whatever it is, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Um, So, what we do is we generally do search campaigns, bid on hyper specific keywords that we think uh, have the highest likelihood to convert based on either the market or our past experience. And then we tailor pretty strong ad copies to being exactly in line with exactly
0: the keywords that we're betting on. Yeah, there like there is so much that you can mess up with Google ads compared to Facebook ads. Exactly, yeah, there's so many little yeah. things uh, in
1: terms of like policies and in terms of like just <laughs> setting up the ads, targeting, there, there's so many little nuanced things. And there's so many little like nuances things that you could do that aren't necessarily mistakes,
0: but just to like add to the efficiency of your campaign. Yeah, 100%. So like, you know, when it comes to Google ads, there are a lot of different things that you need to come into play, right? So Facebook ads, you don't even need a website. You don't need a website. You don't need a landing page. You don't need anything. You can just run it straight through there. It's super easy to get in, usually cheaper, like what Matt was saying. Google ads very different. It's there's more of a barrier to entry, right? You need to have a website. But ideally, what you want to have is a landing page. And so it's like you've got this one page site, basically, if you don't know what a landing page is, and that's where you put your offer on there. So you highlight your niche on there, your offer, you show some before and after pictures on this landing page, you got some great testimonials. And basically, the only purpose of this page is you want to send people to that to generate estimates for the niche that you pick right and so google ads you're going to be running your ads to this page and so right there there's already a barrier to entry basically that's been introduced right you need to have a good landing page so you got this landing page but it's like now there's a whole bunch of other things that you need to come into play as well right because like what matt was saying is like you've got these keywords that you're bidding on right maybe talk a little bit about keywords and like what the importance of that is for sure so if
1: you're offering a very specific service, you obviously want to get in front of the right customer. And if you're doing search campaigns, it's customer searching for your service. Uh, so generally what we do is we take the niche and then we target things like niche plus company, niche plus city, niche plus near me. Mm. Those seems to be the highest likelihood to convert, the highest quality traffic. Um, it's the easiest time for us to craft a landing page that works with the keywords because Google has things like quality score that affects when your ad show, how much it costs your ads to show. Um, yeah, so that's basically keywords in general. Obviously there's lots of, that. that's grand, like it is, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's very specific things you could do, but.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And talk a little bit about like a, a negative word list, because when I talk about this to a lot of contractors, they're like, I had no idea about that. Like, is that why I'm getting all these phone calls from like this random, <laughs> like company, you know, whatever. Talk about that. Yeah, quite possibly. A negative keyword list
1: basically just eliminates, um, certain words that, when included in a search will stop your ads from showing. So things like free, affordable, Home Depot, do it yourself, all these things where it's like, people aren't necessarily looking for a company Mm. to provide the service. They're looking for some other option. They're looking for a discounted service, whatever it might be. We could, you know, make keyword lists, negative keyword lists, up to thousands of keywords to just hyper target our, uh, when our ads show like, you know, with the exact match strategy, plus a negative keyword list, for the Mm -hmm. most part, our ads are almost never showing for things that we don't want it to show for.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, you know, um, like we recently had a new client who came to us and he was like, yeah, like, can you do a little audit on like my Google ads account? And it's like, we pop in there and it's like, dude, your ads are showing in Brazil. Yeah, yeah, and that's a big thing with the targeting. It's like, you're
1: already spending a lot of money on these Google ads uh, clicks. If you're not showing in the right area or for the right thing, you're going to be burning your ad budget really quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah. So like, <clears throat> what's kind of like? What you say is the main difference between like Facebook ads to Google ads from what we've just kind of talked about. It's like, how do you kind of see it going in for a contractor?
1: Yeah. So I mean, like Google ads is um, you're going after the warm traffic. So you want to hmm. speak to their needs. You want to give the best offer. You want to come across. You for, want your ads to show. For
0: people who aren't marketers, what would be like the warm traffic? Like, what would you say that would be? So it's people that are actually in the market for the service. They're looking for what they're you're look, doing. Yeah, yeah, they're actively searching for things
1: like painting company near me. Yeah. Whereas on Facebook, like Matt said earlier, we're just putting our ads in front of people that are on Facebook. They might not have any desire for painting whatsoever. Yeah. Whereas Google, they're, they, they're looking are I'm painting. looking to
0: fix this problem. Exactly. Yeah.
1: That's where the you know cost per click comes in at like $10, $20 sometimes because people know it's like, hey, this person is looking for painting, everybody's going after him. Yeah, It's like if you can craft the ad to speak to their needs the best, you have the budget to work around the competition, Yeah, you can craft the best ad copy, the best landing page, that's how you capitalize on Google Ads.
0: Yeah. So would you say that Google Ads is literally just a bidding war or like what goes into that? It
1: can be, obviously, um, like especially when you're first entering a market, you want to get like good data to see like, okay what keywords are converting for this market because not every location speaks the same language, right? Some people mm-hmm. might convert on near me. Some people might convert on the city, like different companies, different cities. Um, so yeah, you want to bid initially to get the data. And then after that, ideally you kind of see, okay, this makes the most sense for my client. And then once you start seeing what makes the most sense, you could kind of adjust your bid because you could change copy, uh, change landing page copy to be more in line with that, um, uh, that subset of the service and then your bid costs come down. You can also do things like remarketing to people that Mm -hmm. have visited the landing page where it's not a bidding war at that point. It's more so like, Hey, you visited us previously. So here's our ad again, Mm -hmm. stuff like that.
0: Yeah. I think, um, you know, it's like for Google ads, it can be tougher to get into that market because it's like, sometimes you've got a competitor who's coming in and he's doing like 10 grand a month, right. For Google ads, super aggressive strategy. And it's like, if you're coming in lower, if you're coming in at like maybe 3000, a month or even five. It's like now you have to be a lot more creative, though, with some different strategies, like what you were talking about, to be able to get maybe what's called a long tail keyword, where it's like um, best basement refinisher uh, in this area, instead of like you know just like basement renovations or something, you know. For sure, and you can yeah. do like
1: keyword research where you could like see uh, in like an ad preview tool if you type in keywords in a, in a city, you can see the competitors that are showing up, and you could check out maybe 20 of the mm-hmm. top keywords and like oh i see that no company's really bidding effectively on basement renovations near me yeah the ad company doesn't make sense xyz and then you can go after that subset of the market if you have a smaller budget to work with yeah whereas if you have really large budgets you can kind of go after everything yeah and just like bid like crazy um and obviously with smaller budgets you don't really want to get into bidding wars because you're going to exhaust your budget you're not going to get the data you need uh, you're not going to get the exposure you want. There's going to be a lot of downside. So
0: yeah, and so what would you say? Kind of what are some of the common mistakes that you would say someone would make with Google Ads? Because there's a lot more that they could make. Uh, for sure. So some of the, the the main
1: thing is not bidding in the right service area. Yeah. Um, you want to make sure the language is set to the service area. But generally, like it's going to be English for most of the people we're talking to here. Yeah. Um, and then you want to obviously choose the right keywords. At the start, we would recommend exact match keyword strategy, which is um, putting brackets around the keyword. And that just basically means that it's the uh, most strict keyword strategy. So, like, there is broad match, phrase match, exact match. Exact match made the most specific. And your ads are just going to show for less and less things. So if you do painters near me in broad match, you're going to show up for, like, yellow paint Home Depot, Mm. unless you have a negative keyword list. Whereas if you do exact match painters near me, you're going to show up for, like, a very small portion of keywords, not not just painters near me, but like maybe like, you know, 10, 20 keywords that are relevant to that.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's like what Matt's saying is like, you can literally control the keywords in terms of like how people are searching it. If you want what, how you want it to show up. So for example, broad match, it's like you put the word painter in there. You're going to bid for everything. You're going to get like, um, like painter, painter near me you're going to also get though like um how do i become a painter how do i um like painter courses you're going to be bidding on like a whole bunch of irrelevant stuff for sure
1: and one yeah. thing they mentioned is like for that kind of stuff you're going to spend less per click generally onto your landing page but the likelihood of the traffic to actually convert is it's much low lower. quality it's yeah. low quality traffic it's kind of almost like facebook traffic where it's like maybe they're not looking for the service. They're just yeah. like, they clicked on the ad. They thought you were going to tell them how much it costs to buy paint at Home Depot. And it turns out you're selling a painting service and they just leave the page right away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, so obviously, you know, it's like you and I, we're seeing this every day where like Facebook, Google, it's changing all the time, right? You go in there, you're like, oh, this is different now. Okay, I guess we're just running it differently like this. Oh, Google's different now. I guess we're just going to implement this new thing. What are some of the big changes that you've seen in terms of like you know, uh, the landscape right now, just because, you know, earlier this year, we saw like some of the changes that were happening with Google. And so I made the decision, I was like, okay, we need to hire someone, we need to hire an expert in Google ads, who knows everything, like front backwards, everything, to be able to show us some of these changes. So we're up to like the best possible practices, right. So we hired, like, I would say, probably one of the best firms, consulting firms for Google ads, Um, it was actually funny. Like I posted on Facebook and I was saying like, Hey, we hired like a ex Google ads employee, you know, one of the guys from the firm. And then he messaged us through the chat thing that we were going through. He's like, guys, like, don't give me away type thing. And so we won't mention their name or anything like that in here, but, um, you know, they were a tremendous help for us. And Matt, like, I'm just curious, maybe talk a little bit about some of the things he brought to light for you of like the changes.
1: For sure. Um,
0: obviously like Google's goal is to make
1: advertisers spend more money. So, a lot of the changes they make is kind of like basically just for, for um, advertisers to do that. It's like they're showing less keyword lists, they're making exact match less targeted. Um, whereas before, you could make like single keyword ad groups, SKAGs, if anybody knows that, and you would only show up for like that keyword. And it was great because obviously you want to bid on the keywords that you want to show up for. And that's changed. Google has made it a lot more broad, even though it's exact match. Um, and then we hired this firm. And they taught us things like, okay, uh, how many keywords to put in the keyword theme ad group, how to craft copy in Mm -hmm. relation to this ad group um, to just drive more clicks, to drive higher conversion rates. They gave us benchmarks. So ideally we're striving for 10% click through rate on our ads when they show up and then a 10% conversion rate. Mm -hmm. It's quite quite reasonable. You wanna get one high quality conversion for- 10 clicks. Yeah, exactly, yeah, quite reasonable. those were the main takeaways. Obviously, there's more nitty-gritty things. They showed us uh, specific things like how to track phone calls on your mm. website. They should set us up like an extension. Um, uh, Google Analytics 4 tracking, we never really used. We, it was obviously a new thing that we kind of ignored until we didn't have to because we had a previous system in place that was working yeah. great. So they helped us get set up with GA4, showed us some tactics there, uh, implementing Tag Manager, which has worked obviously really good with the GA4 now being the norm and universal analytics out the door kind of thing. It's working great with what they showed us. Um, yeah, anything else specifically that comes to mind for you?
0: Yeah, I would say like probably one of the biggest nightmares of the changes that's happened with Google is like this whole ad verification thing right yeah, and so it's, a it's nightmare. like yeah so it's like um, if you guys are running Google ads right now and you haven't experienced this probably pretty soon you're gonna get a notice where they're gonna say you need to verify your account you need to give us all this information everything <laughs> <laughs> infram- <laughs> <laughs> give us your your license. <laughs> give us your license uh, your driver's license give us your articles of incorporation and it's like you guys submit this so it's like if you're one person okay maybe that's not that bad yeah. but between like you know 45 clients yeah it, then you run into issues it's like back and forth back and forth back and forth yep. everybody knows google
1: support's not super helpful so we're submitting these documents that we think are up to the standards it's failing ad accounts are getting paused because it's like <laughs> guys it's like google google's like just cracking down and we're like yeah. we're, we're all trying to get this uh, new policy in place yeah and it's just so strict and it's just been really tough. But And,
0: and why do you think that, um, you know, I, I know a lot of contractors message me and they're like, what do I do now? And they send me a screenshot of, like, their banned Facebook ad account. I'm like, dude, you're screwed. <laughs> like, so, yeah. like, so, like, I mean, we can we can make another an ad account. We can try and stuff. But it's like, why do you think that a lot of these these companies now are, like, cracking down so hard? There's probably a lot of reasons. I mean, like, liability is one. Um, for Google specifically,
1: they want searchers on their using their search engine to have the best ad experience possible. They right. don't want to serve garbage ads to people. They don't want people to get scammed. So, you know, they're just working to legitimize businesses. There's so many advertisers. They can kind of have their pick of the litter. Yeah. Um, also, with, like, bans and stuff, they don't really care. They ban you. Somebody else is going to come in and bid the exact same amount you were going to bid for these keywords. So it's like we understand the changes. Um and, you know, we're pretty good at following policies, getting ad accounts unsuspended, yeah. doing the advertiser verification. And it makes sense. It's just been such a hassle. And for, like, the average contractor who maybe isn't familiar with technology oh, yeah. or whos who isn't, uh, doesn't have the time even, just like they, they can do it, but they're just, like, on the tools all day working, it just kind of sucks. It's just like, wow, this – like, for some people, it, like, we had one client where, like, he's like, this is my business, guys. And he came to us. Uh, We had to do the ad verification. Hmm. He was having issues with his corporation. Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, this guy's relying on these leads that we built up for him. And basically, on a whim, Google and uh, the government, for his corporation specifically, is kind of like putting a barrier. And we're doing everything we can, but it's like,
0: yeah, it's, it's just crazy yeah it is crazy yeah and it's like we've had clients who come to us and they're like hey i hired this other agency and then my ad account is banned now like can you fix it or whatever and it's like thankfully you know there are ways around it where like we figured out how to how to set it up and we were able to fix it but it's like what you said for the average contractor is he going to be able to know how to do that and like figure this out like You know, for the average contractor to just be able to use these tools like Facebook and Google Ads, it's it's like AI is making it easier to run it, but to be able to troubleshoot some of these like maybe these support type things, like this is getting much difficult.
1: Yeah, if I can give like a piece of advice, honestly, what I do is like basically just info dump. I I open up the support help form and I'm just like give as much information as possible, especially on like the initial contact because. Mm. Now sometimes uh, certain issues I'm getting unsuspended within like 12 hours. Like literally last night I was setting up a new client's account, put their credit card in, got banned for suspicious payments, whatever (laughs) it is. Now I have a pre-built
0: template that I just like copy-paste and they're like, wow, I woke up, it was unbanned. I was like, great. But that's such a weird world where that we're living in, right? Where you set that up and it's like, nope, you're banned, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And then you're just like, oh, cool. I've just got this protocol. It's all good. Here you go, guys. Oh, unbanned. And like,
1: wow. <laughs> <laughs> you said the right words.
0: <laughs> like, you know, like, like for the average contract, they're just going to be like, I'm banned. Like, what? Yeah, it's like, we're setting up to give Google money and we put our credit
1: card in. They're like, nah, we don't want it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. So... So that's Google ads, Facebook ads, we've touched on that. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Google My Business, just because I think that this is probably one of the most underrated uh, assets that a contractor can have for their traffic, right? It's like, sometimes we'll get a client and I check and it's like, you don't have a Google My Business profile. Dude, we're going to set that up for you. We're going to get it rocking and rolling with a bunch of reviews. Like That is going to be what you need in your business to be able to get you calls. Because once you've got that ranked up, so if you don't know, Google My Business listing is literally just that little listing on Google where people can leave reviews and find your business in the map section. So what's so awesome about this is that if you rank that to like top three results, it's called the three pack once you get there then basically anytime that someone is searching for your business, let's say like flooring contractor near me or whatever, and that three pack can show up there, you're not paying for ads, all you got to do is just kind of maintain it with like reviews, etc. And that is now just like leads, like you're not paying for those. That's like, once you get that ranked up there, now you're basically just like you've got this lead generation funnel. So maybe talk a little bit about like, you know, some of the things that you see are important for that. Um, I know I talk about reviews a lot. But
1: What do you think? I mean, putting as much information into the Google My Business listing as you possibly can is definitely helpful. Um, A good description, lots of keywords, uh, good website, Mm -hmm. hours, basically just everything that a customer would need to understand your business and know if it's the right decision for them, uh, Google likes, so Mm -hmm. they're more likely to push it. And then obviously like things like reputation management, getting lots of five-star reviews, Mm -hmm. answering your reviews, even if they're negative, like kind of just like trying to shine some light on uh, what happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, sometimes you get a disgruntled customer that didn't even really do your service and they're just leaving a one-star review because you didn't go through with their job or you missed their phone call. Um, And we help our clients manage that, uh, get reviews removed occasionally, give good responses. Um, We even have like a new... SOP for getting reviews back that Mm -hmm. don't appear because that happens all the time where clients are like, I, you know, we set them up a new Google My Business profile to launch the ads and they're like, oh, we got like four quality reviews and they're just like not showing up. And again, another Google thing where it's like, all right, got to go to support this thing. Luckily, we have a pretty uh, successful SOP to appeal that, but there's so many little things
0: yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like I've got a ton of contractors ask, like, hey, like, my reviews aren't showing up. Like, what do I do? And it's like for the longest time, it's like, "Uh, just get more reviews, man. Just keep trying. <laughs> but, yeah, like Matt was saying, um, we were able to figure out how to crack that code um, through a mutual friend. I have to give him some credit, uh, Louis Vandervoak. Um, And um, basically – now we have a way to be able to get those reviews back and, or at least get them to show up. And so, but again, that requires you to like reach out to support, do all this stuff. Like, you know, so say, the, say the right thing. It's not say even the right just thing. like
1: reaching out to support because yeah. a lot of the time, if you don't say the exact thing, they just ignore it and they don't do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, it's getting more tough out there, but you, so you kind of need to know your way around it. You kind of need to be part of the club, I guess, so to speak. Um, Cool. So that's Google My Business. Um, we talked a little bit about landing pages. I kind of want to include maybe on the the back end of this, I have that written down as like just touch on landing pages for traffic just because it is so important, especially for Google Ads. So maybe we'll talk, you know, I described like briefly what it is, but like are there any things that you would say about the landing page that we're sending people to off of Google that like are, are particularly important? Um, I mean, a lot of the aspects of the landing page are important because that's kind of
1: the nature of landing pages is to be like, give the quickest, easiest idea to someone landing on the page of what they can expect from the service. Yeah. So we generally have a big headline to lead with a great offer, which hopefully captures the person to stay on the page and read the rest of the page. Then we have a good few descriptions of the services they offer. We have before and after pictures of their best work, reviews to cement the fact that they are doing the jobs and that they do a quality work, uh, trust signals, which are you know just badges that say like, five-star reviews, mm-hmm. years of experience, um, qualifications they have, whatever it may be. And then just really easy, straightforward landing page lead form that's like the bare minimum of inf- information our clients need to
0: follow up with these leads in an effective manner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. It's like I get a lot of contractors ask me. We had we had a recent client who was like, man, why do I need this landing page? Like, I've spent a bunch of money on my website. Can we just run the Google ads to my website? And there's a bunch of different problems with that. Like, maybe talk a little bit about what are some of the issues that we've seen with, like, running the ads just to a website? For sure. I mean, like, just offhand, sometimes
1: people's websites aren't the best. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, obviously, if your website's not high caliber and you're going up against people with really good websites, it's just going to be harder to convert. Um, Besides that, if you send traffic to a website that has multiple pages, maybe they can't find the right information, maybe they can't find the lead field, whatever it may be it just reduces generally the likelihood for that person to convert. It's like, maybe it's good that they could read about your brand. Maybe mm-hmm. there are some benefits because you can pack more information onto a website versus a landing page, but that's not really what we're trying to do when people come to a website, when they're searching for, they already need They already need the service. It's like, they don't really need to know all about you. They just need to know you're gonna do a good job and that you'll take care of them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the thing you guys have to understand when it comes to landing pages is the more decisions that you give someone to make, the less likely they are to make that decision, right? And so the purpose of a landing page is to reduce decisions down to one decision. Do I wanna get an estimate or not, right? And so that is proven to increase the amount of people who are gonna flow through that because they have to make just one decision through that. So it's like, we're not linking out to like, oh, like your social media, your instagrams so like sometimes we'll get clients and say like oh can i put my instagram on there And it's like yeah you can i guess but like the purpose of the landing page is to not show people all the different assets you have like your instagram and your facebook and like you know your uh, association or whatever it's like we want to basically just force people to go through the form or to give a call and so it's like every time that we're introducing these different things to do on there it's kind of just like there's no point in doing it anyway, because that's why we're, we're doing it. Another thing, too, that I like using the landing page for is that it also makes it really obvious like what the performance of the actual google ads campaign is and the the landing page compared to just your organic website right so it's like you're seeing the leads come through the landing page and you're running the google ads there it's like you don't need to have all your tracking tra- uh, tracking set up properly like to a t to be able to know okay this is really working right yeah especially because like we're setting it up so we could set things up with our normal
1: standards and we don't have to work with it clients web host guys where it's like there's lots of back and forth maybe Mm -hmm. they don't set things up right the tracking's not like spot on where it's like how do you really know if things are working great whereas with the landing page everything's more or less is streamlined we know what's working we can make pivots when we need to
0: yeah yeah it's like we had a client who was like hey like i want to do a test on the website just because i feel like the landing page isn't branded the way that i want it to be blah 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 and which is totally fine by the way like it's like cool let's do it um, so then um so we did that test and talk a little bit about like what we found from some of that test. Yeah, so the cost per lead uh projected by Google was
1: kind of the same. But the thing is is like we were seeing three conversions on one click. The tracking obviously wasn't in place. He had multiple website pages, we had to work with his web guy. Kinda of what I was saying earlier, where mm-hmm. it's just like it might get results and because he had a pretty good website anyway, so it's like yeah. it, it kinda makes sense that he was getting conversions, yeah. but like it just The conversions weren't more. It wasn't better. It was like everything was basically the same or better on the landing page, and we could track it better. Yeah. So it's like basically why would you stress over trying to figure out what's working when you just know what's working with the landing page?
0: Yeah, 100%. So if you're running Google Ads right now and you're running to a website, the easiest way to start getting better results is to just make a landing page.
1: Yeah, showcase basically your best work, what clients can expect basically everything a landing or a website has just condensed that's, mm-hmm. that's basically all you're doing it's like a, la- a website is great for fluff landing pages straight to the point specific highlight the best stuff and get the lead
0: mm-hmm. yeah a good framework that i like to teach when it comes to landing pages and what we use on ours is an acronym called ada so a i d a so the a stands for attention so the headline the offer grabs the attention interest we're talking directly to them we're using good language we, our messaging is on point desire we want to show the before and after pictures have some really good testimonials so they're like wow this is really cool and then the a is the last a is for action and we want to be able to tell them hey get your 100 percent free no obligation quote today easy yeah, yeah. So that's landing pages. We talked about traffic there. So at this point, you know, we've talked about offers, we've talked about the traffic. So the last thing that I want to talk about, um, at least for today's show, is talking about sales, appointment setting. It's like, cool, you've got the offer, you've got the traffic, now you've got the leads coming in. Um, Matt, I want to talk a little bit about, like, from your end of what you've seen, especially on Facebook ads. Um, we could talk about Google ads as well, but just kind of like, what on your end have you seen in terms of sales performances with our clients? Cause we have some clients, it's like, you know, boom, half a million dollars in three months. And then we've got some other clients where it's like, it's slower, right? Like they're, they're definitely, um, they're definitely like running up against like, Hey, like, you know, I called this guy, but like, you know, he's, he's, he like, didn't get back to me right away or whatever. It's like, they're having some challenges. Like, what have you seen are the challenges that people, and why are they getting those challenges? For sure. I think the biggest
1: challenge is probably like response time. Mm-hmm. Um, some of our clients are on the tools. They can't answer leads right away. Mm-hmm. And obviously the faster you answer leads, the higher likelihood you are to at least convert it into a in-person quote and just have that connection with the customer. Um, obviously it's a really high standard, but like five minutes would be like great. So if you could have either like an appointment setter or ideally yourself who could just respond to clients right away, Yeah. Hey, What do you need? I'll call you, give me your number, whatever it is, five minutes, that'd be great. The longer you wait, the likelihood the uh, lead actually turns into a sale just declines. Um, And then like, yeah, so you have other issues where it's like uh, they maybe called the lead, leads like on the fence, not answering Mm -hmm. them. Just like making repeated connections because you don't want to let leads slip through the cracks. You know, you don't want to be annoying, but you want to be like persistent in like a friendly kind of like manner. You know, say their name, call them, whatever it is. It's just like don't yeah. let the quality leads slip through the crack because we can only deliver so many leads. And it's like if you're fumbling the leads, yeah. it's just like what else can we do? We obviously help people with sales training. like yeah. we, we give them some advice. Uh, some of our contractors are really trained. They do great with all the leads. Others, not so much. And it's just kind of like at the, en- at the end of the day, yeah. it's, you know. Yeah.
0: It's, And it's like, that's where I have to step in and be like, cool, dude, like, are we doing a call? And we're going to talk about like appointment setting. It's like role play, like we have to figure that stuff out, right? And it's like, um, like what you were saying for um response time, right? It's like, if someone is requesting for a quote and you call them quick and you book that estimate and you show up and you make a good first impression and like everything makes sense, you are probably going to close that deal. Unless you like really, you know, fumble something in the estimate what i've found and what you guys probably know is that whoever shows up first to that estimate and then you make a good first impression you're usually closing the job
1: especially with our like angles where we're not going after like discount offers Mm -hmm. price shoppers we're going after people that want like quality Mm -hmm. service reputable companies so if they get a call within like five minutes of asking for a quote and like matt said
0: you go to their house you're personable you give a fair estimate you have good work Mm -hmm. they're probably going to work with you Mm -hmm. so it's like On the flip side of that, though, it's like we have some clients where it's like it's been a challenge to coach them through this process because they're so used to being um, a technician where you're like doing the contracting, right? Like you're doing the um, flooring, you're doing the roofing, you're doing the painting, and it's like – they may not necessarily be used to the uh, appointment setting sales aspect, right? They're used to maybe getting mostly referrals. And by the way, guys, like a referral is going to be the easiest lead to close. They trust you. They're like, yeah, like I want to work with you, blah, blah, blah. What's It pretty much comes down to like, yeah, if the price makes sense to me and you don't completely like mess this up, I'll work with you. Yeah, so if somebody's brother is like
1: referring them to a company, like it's pretty easy to close them. There's, There's not much like...
0: Yeah. Whereas when you're doing advertising, these people don't know you, right? So you need to pick up the phone, like Matt was talking about, and you need to be able to book and do appointment setting, right? So this means like you pick up the phone, and you just real quick ask some questions, right? Is this person who we want to work with? Okay, how long have you been thinking about doing this project for? Have you ever worked with a contractor before? You can spot some quick, easy red flags, right? And it's like, okay, at this point, this sounds like a pretty good project. Then let's book it in and then meet up with the person. You know, a lot of people too. I'll talk about this. It's like for the estimates, if we ever have a client who's struggling um, to close deals, like they're going out for estimates they're you know, like they have no problem putting out estimates, but they're struggling to close the actual deals. Usually what that means to me is that they're emailing over the estimates. And what that looks like is basically, you know, you're you're going out for the estimate, you write everything and you say, Okay, I'm gonna send you something over, right. And you don't even give like a time of when you're going to send that over. And then you send that over, and then the person gets it, they open it up, and then they're like, whoa, this is super expensive. Hey, Helen, you come over here. This guy's crazy. And then they look at it, and then they're like, okay, we're going to get some other quotes. And then you're wondering why they're ghosting you (laughs) and why you don't hear back from them. It's because you didn't have the chance to be able to explain the price, right? Like, It's not like
1: pressuring people into a sale. It's basically just uh, like meeting objections. Yeah. Because you know your service is worth it. You know why you're charging Mm -hmm. for your service. And it's just explaining that to the customer. And Mm -hmm. if they just see a huge number in an email, in a text message on Facebook, whatever it is, they're probably going to get other quotes. And then, like, if you're not the last point of contact, your likelihood to actually close them goes down, down, down.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, you know, most of our clients will charge more than the average contractor in their industry. Like, that's typically kind of what we want to get them to because then you're doing a lot less work, a lot less jobs, and you're still being able to hit your goals and you're able to pay your guys much better, right? Because when you have a good lead generation funnel, then you don't have to worry and scrape the bottom of the barrel, right? You can actually charge what you're worth. And so sometimes you're going to get people who it's legitimately out of their price range, and that's okay. It's like, hey, no problem. It just seems seems like it's not a good fit. Maybe you can work with this guy or whatever. Like I heard that he's a little bit cheaper or blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, for the most part, you want to be able to present your quote, not just show it through an email. You want to walk someone through it over the phone or a dealie in person. Okay. This is why this is that price, blah, blah, blah. You're going to get this. You're going to get this. And then you can walk them through the next steps.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, kind of a little tangent. One thing that we try to do with our clients too is like track how many estimates they're putting out, mm. what their sales are. And doing that kind of gives us a good idea of where the issues may lie. So, you know, if they're not putting out estimates, we look at the lead quality. Is mm-hmm. the lead quality good? Okay. How fast are they responding? If they're responding fast, pivot again. Whereas like, um, without any knowledge of how many estimates are going out, how many sales they're doing, we're kind of in the dark because we're delivering the leads. But like, where's is the issue? Why aren't they making the sales?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. it's like. Yeah. If we're able to track the progress that they made from a sales end, um, track the progress of like how many estimates, like you were saying, then it's like, cool, we can find the bottleneck in that. But it's just tough sometimes if clients aren't going to give us that information, right? So this is kind of where I want to segue into the importance of a CRM. Because like, if you don't know what a CRM is, it's basically client relationship management tool. And so basically all it is, is it's just a simple tool that you can use to be able to track your leads so you can track um okay i got this person an estimate i got this guy he's a rumble client which basically means like i called a rumble client where it's like let's get ready to rumble you know so you've delivered everything they know what it costs and you're literally like are we doing this or not and for a lot of contractors if they just had like a list of rumble clients where it's like these are the people i need to just stay on top of like we were talking about they would probably double their sales for sure yeah There,
1: there, there are times where you just say like hey we reach out to these leads and, and they go through and they're like oh i closed two of those jobs it's <laughs> yeah. like wow you just had like 20k of work just sitting in your pipeline that you didn't close
0: yeah we had um we have this um flooring client and um that was kind of the case where it was like we're like oh like maybe you should give those people a call again or whatever and he's like oh i just gave him a call and i booked in those two jobs like thanks guys and it's yeah, like it's like great <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's like and guys like you don't have to you don't have to over complicate this i mean i can name off some uh crms you know there's jobber there's um like the one that we use it's called begin by zoho honestly just type in like crm tool in google and just find like whatever works for you watch a youtube tutorial yeah Yeah. uh, like honestly like it doesn't really matter what you're using but as long as basically you can track your leads it's like we've got um, one client, he's super like untech savvy. And so I literally told him, I just said, just have a little booklet and every lead that you get where you do an estimate or something, write their name, their number, and their email in there. And then just like put a check mark beside it when you do XYZ, just so that like you can open up that booklet and be like, cool like who do i need to call this morning because so many contractors they wake up in the morning and they're like i need new business and then they're looking at like okay like how can i find that where can i go but they don't realize that like it's already in your pipeline you just need to follow up with people for sure yeah um so that's pretty much it like i think offers traffic sales um that's mostly what i want to cover for the world-class advertising for contractors so matt um maybe i'll just kind of is there anything that we didn't touch on or anything maybe that would, you would say is like very important for a contractor to know when it comes to advertising, just last thoughts? Um, well,
1: I guess when working with a marketing agency, maybe like just having communication is really important. Um, mm-hmm. cause you know, it's a, it's give and take. We want to get the best results for our clients mm. they want the best results for themselves. And as long as we're talking, we can almost definitely work it out and, we just see sometimes where people are so busy and if they're not answering us, for example, it's Mm -hmm. like, what are they doing with the leads? And we can see it. And it's just like, communication is really important.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that's why like, yeah, communication is really important to us. That's why like we've got like a group chat and we're like, like, you know, our success manager, Jess is reaching out and being like, Hey, like, you know, how many leads, how many estimates have you done? Like where are we sitting at with that? Because then again, that allows know the feedback and being able to figure that stuff out
1: yeah our team is cool it's like pretty dynamic like we have a person for kind of each role where it's mm-hmm. like jess is the customer service side i'm like the number side and you're like the sales kind of face mm-hmm. and, and just like established marketer
0: mm-hmm. yeah no yeah really really good so dude great having you today yeah, chatting was, about it stuff
1: was, it was a good podcast good yeah time. <laughs> super
0: for the first one super uh, fun so guys that was this episode on the uh, contractor marketing show and we'll see you on the next one take care guys